and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, you got to make shots. It's a make or miss league, David. It's a make, make or miss league. league. And it's a make or miss said. series, apparently. It very much is. Uh, Heat, we're recording this uh, just after midnight, uh, after the Heat won game five against the 76ers, taking really full control of this series. Again, the, the very briefly, um, you know, there's a there's 48 hours worth of, of panic there, I think, from uh, Heat fans. I think it was deserved the way... Uh, Heat Twitter was just running around all over the place, like, panic. Yeah, it was like the, that SpongeBob. Isn't there, like, a SpongeBob yeah. gift where SpongeBob's, like, running around in circles? It was very much that. I think something's on fire in that field. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think it was deserved the way those two games in Philly went. Uh, game three, that was like as bad an offensive game as you'll kind of see in the playoffs at this stage of the postseason. Yeah. Uh, and then game four, um, all of a sudden James Harden turns back the clock and looks very much like James Harden circa 2019, 2018, hitting all those step back threes. Um, my thought coming out of that game was that was probably an outlier, but there was, you know, maybe he, maybe. He clicked. He's James Harden. You know, he's one of the it's a Hall of Famer. One of the seventy was he on that NBA seventy five? He's definitely close yes. to that that list. Yes. Yeah, one of the seventy five or so best players of all time. Uh, but on Tuesday night, the Heat just kicked the absolute crap out of the seventy sixers. Uh, a game that was really never close. I actually I missed the first uh, I don't know ten minutes or so, fifteen minutes of like real life game time, and by the time I sat down, I think the Heat were up, it was like 25-13 when I sat down, and it never really got any closer than that. Yeah, I mean, it was almost like last week we last week we talked about how there really wasn't much to say, like it was just the Heat taking care of business. Yeah. I mean, this week there's more to talk about. Because yeah, a lot happened games. in the last yeah. uh, however many hours. Yeah. But game five was almost like, again, the Heat taking care of business. It was just like the old formula of balanced attack, seven guys in double digits. Their depth was on display with Kyle Lowry out. They used a 10-man rotation. You got Victor Oladipo giving you 13 points off the bench. You got Gabe Vincent giving you 15 points. Max Schroes, 19 points, 10 rebounds. Jimmy doing what he does. P.J., team-high seven assists. Um, Bam on a bio playing really good defense. It was just like a balanced effort. Um, and their defense was incredible. Uh, yeah. When you limit Philly quality offense, especially when Embiid and Hardner in there, the thirty six percent shooting, you did an incredible job defensively. And and yeah, you know, the offense was very good in the half court in transition. They they got a lot of uh baskets in transition, semi transition, it helped to kinda of open things up um for them offensively in the half court. Um but their defense was really the story of the night. Um and we've talked about it on this podcast, David, a lot. They're gonna go as far as the defense takes them. Yeah. Um, that's the reason they're a title contender is because they can consistently shut down teams. Um, and that's, you could always, they could always depend on that. So whenever they have a, a decent offensive game, they're almost like guaranteed to win because their defense is always good. Um, yeah, until- weirdly like game four, even though that was obviously the one that was like kind of the panic inducing one, kind of like that's, that's the evidence of like what this team is because they did not shoot it well at all. And they probably still should have won that game. If James Harden doesn't have like like I said, if yeah. he doesn't have a flashback to four years ago, um, game game three, you know it, they shot terribly and yeah, and it was a blowout loss, but it was still I think it was a twenty point win I think for Philly, but 
correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was like a three-point game. Like, late I mean, yeah, they held the Sixers something. to 99. Like, yeah, like yeah. their offense was just atrocious. Like, I think there was like the zero percentile in half-court offense or something that <laughs> game. Like, it was awful. Um, so that's kind of why that happened. And it was a 20-point loss, but it – it felt like more like a ten point loss, really. It just kind of Philly just kind of pulled away at the end. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I just think again, we know what this Heat team is. We know what they do best. Um. And that was on display tonight in Game Five. Yeah. If they shoot it like that, they obviously can get to the NBA Finals. And the thing with the Heat is, they don't need to shoot it like that seven times. They just need to shoot it like that four times, basically. Because, like you said, when they defend like the way they defended tonight, and really. Throughout the series, I mean, you look at Sixers, game by game, 92, 103, 99, 116, 85. Like, and obviously those first two were without Joel Embiid. Um, game three was, you know, Joel Embiid was clearly not, you know, he's still probably not back to 100%. Um, but game game the, the leap he took from game three to game four was uh, pretty significant, I thought. Um but yeah, I mean, one twenty eighty five. That is a a a blowout blowout for this stage of the playoffs, where um, yeah, the narrative had really flipped, and it's uh, you know, I've been covering the Panthers series also, and it's funny the way these seven game series can go, where heat up two zero in control, then tied two two. It's game five, kind of decide. You know, feels like it can kind of decide it. Um, really felt kind of going into tonight that it was close to a toss-up series, and, you know, now the Heat's back fully in control. And not just because they have that 3-2 lead and just need to win one of the next two, but because of the way they played. And, and again, yeah. you you wrote it – I mean, it was, we keep going back to it, but, like, you wrote it on, uh, I guess, your advance for, for game five. It was just like, they, if they shoot it, they're going to be fine. Like, you, yeah. there, there, was no, there was no sense of panic on the Heat side of things. Yeah, I mean, and, and obviously there's layers to it, right? I mean, I know Philly's done a pretty good job of staying home on the Heat shooters. Uh-huh. Um, they really try to play Jimmy one-on-one, which Jimmy's really taking advantage of Jimmy's in the series. Awesome. We're going to have to talk Jimmy, about him in a little Jimmy's bit. has been incredible. Um, and even Doc said after the game tonight in, game, you know, game five, I know this is going to come out Thursday, but on Tuesday night in game five, Doc said we might have to make some adjustments on Jimmy that we don't want to have to make, but we might have to make them anyway. Um, and I, he didn't say it, but you could guess that that's doubling Jimmy. Um, and that should open up the shooters. Um, but, yeah, even with the Sixers staying home on these shooters, taking away corner threes, which the Heat shot more than anybody in the NBA this season, mm-hmm. they still miss a lot of shots they should have made. You know, yeah, they might not they, you know, they probably didn't have the quality looks to, to shoot 40% from three in those games, but to shoot 20% over yeah, the span and make seven threes. It's an outlier. It's an outlier. I, I think they had shot under 25% from three, like in – six games or five games this entire season, and two of them were in games three and four. It's an outlier. Um, and they were still in those games. I know, you know Philly pulled away in both of them at the end, but entering the fourth quarter, they were in those games. They were possession games. Um, if the Heat shoot just to their average, they probably win one of those, and the series is over. So Philly's a hostile environment. It's very loud. Take, take it from me. Um, I was there the last two games extremely loud. The PA is as loud as... I, any arena in the NBA, like Barry Jackson, our colleague, was with me. He was thinking about getting earplugs, and he was, like, holding his ears every time. Do you think it was louder than the F1 races? I don't know. You're going to – I mean, I, I can't – I wasn't there. You're going to have to tell me about that. But um, it is very loud, and it's a really, you know, tough environment to play in. But I think if the Heat 
just shoot the ball well, we know that they can beat this team. I think they're a better, deeper team than Philly right now, especially with Embiid. Doesn't seem like he's 100% playing with a thumb injury, has the mask. James Harden has had one good quarter in the series, but you know he hasn't been great. Um, so I think you have a, a shot to close it out in game six. Um, but then again, every time in this series, it seems like the road team just doesn't shoot the ball well. If that trend continues, then we might see a game seven. I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a little close, closer than the Heat would like it for comfort, I would say, right now. Um, I'm sure they feel like they're – like they, they feel like they're too – too much better than the Sixers team for it to go potentially seven games. And obviously yeah. we're staring down that possibility. Um, but at the same time, like you said, I mean, the I, I honestly don't, I don't remember if we talked about this on the podcast last week or if it's just something that I've, a conversation that I had in real life. Like the Sixers basically have like four and a half good players. And that's tough. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I mean, James yeah. Harden, Maxi, Embiid, Harris, and then I guess Green on some nights, right? Yeah, like That's... Green, Thibel, like you know. But even Thibel, he's been he's been an offensive you know, liability this entire yeah, series. Yeah. He's a great defensive player. That's why I say right? half great defensively, horrible. Yeah. Offensively. yeah. But yeah, yeah no. like that's you know the Heat just have the they have the horses in a way. You know the the, the difference in this series is always going to be can the Sixers stars and mostly Embiid, but obviously they James Harden won them a game, which we knew was you know that was. Part of the calculus of what can make this series difficult for the Heat, but the question is going to be: Can the, can the Sixers stars overcome the Heat's depth? And so far, um, the Heat's stars have outplayed the Sixers' stars, and that that makes it you know again, like I said, it feels like they have should probably be up more than you know, it feels like this series probably should be over, um, like we've said a couple times here. But yeah, uh, you know, it would be surprising now if the Heat can't finish this off the way they're playing. Obviously, it's two-game sample size. Um, all, it need, all you need is two bad shooting nights, which we That's think is possible. Yeah. And, it, yeah. and, it, and all of a sudden, you're going home. But the way they look tonight, the way they have looked for the majority of this series, they're they're in good shape. Yeah, that, that's the issue. And that was the issue in game five. I thought, like, I, I was confident that over a large sample, the math would even out for the Heat. But when you get to the playoffs, like there is no large sample, right. so and if you have three bad shooting style games, the Heat do where your second best, like creating score who can create for himself is Tyler Hero, who you know was not very good in those games in Philly. Yeah, that that's as much of you know we talk about the shooting, but as much of it right now is you know they're playing with like twenty five percent of Kyle Lowry or whatever he you know obviously didn't play tonight, but um and didn't play in game three, and in game four he was... He played, uh, he played in games three and game four. He missed the first Sorry, he played in game three, yeah. Played in game three and game four. Um, did not play well, though. He's right. nowhere, uh, not even 50%, it doesn't look like right now. Um, you know, you're the only other guy other than Jimmy Butler who can, like, get his shot whenever is Tyler Hero, and as good as he was this year, he's still the... Fourth, yeah. best player on the floor most of the time. Like, don't, it's, don't forget about Victor now. Victor Oladipo, no, yeah, Victor, I mean Victor Oladipo too, but he, he's pretty too. rough in Game Four. Yeah, he was. He, he, he's had some. Rough like, we're, like we're talking about two guys who are, um, I don't want to say like heat check guys because Tyler Hero is better than like a Deion Waiters like stereotype, obviously, but they're not 
they're not all stars, right? Like it 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 becomes tricky when you're you're talking about non all stars yeah. trying to be your creators come playoff time. And, and the Sixers have done a really good job of taking Hero out ever since game, his big game two. Yeah, um, they're trapping him on every pick and roll, getting the ball out of his hands. And I think tonight you saw him kind of just not like not like succumb to what the Sixers are giving him, but he just kind of accepted what the defense gave him and took eight shots. I think most of them came, like, in the fourth quarter. Like, he really wasn't that involved because mm-hmm. he was just making the pl- the right play off the trap, which is kind of what you have to do at this point if you're him, right, especially yeah. when you have good players around you. Um, so he's not going to have a big game with the way they're defending him. And, I, you know, he tried to force things in Philly, did not go well. Um, and tonight we saw a different Tyler of, yeah, I'm not going to take 15 shots, but I'll get my other guys involved, create open shots for them, and use what, you know, Philly's doing to me against them. So, Right now, this series, the way they're defending him, is not designed for Tyler to have big nights. Um, and that's just the way it is at, the, at this moment. I mean, that's sign of respect for Tyler. And that yeah. should help the offense. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Jimmy, we have to get into Jimmy because he's been right. phenomenal. Like, I mean, he is bubble Jimmy. Like, he is – he's, like, every – it feels like every – like, there's always, like, one star-level player who, like, you can't – the regular season doesn't do them justice. Um, you know, the playoff Rondo thing was, was a thing forever, right? Um, you know, I'm trying to think of some of the other guys who probably would have been in, in that category. Like, you know, even like LeBron, obviously, who's wouldn't be an MVP, but then was always like very, once the playoff come, like he's an extreme example, but was very obviously the best player in the league. Jimmy Butler is that guy right now where it's, he's great. You know, he's an all-star in the regular season, deservingly so. Um, but, you know, he is... We we do not see Jimmy Butler until we get to May, basically. And right now he is, I mean, what, 33, I think, in Game 3, 40 in Game 4, and he was maybe even better tonight when he had 23 and 9 yeah, or whatever. He just controlled the game tonight. Yeah, like, controlled the games. You know, again, like, the reason that the Heat are in control of the series is because he's outplayed Joel Embiid. And obviously there are reasons for that, but... You know, right now there are not like ten, we. I remember when we came out of the bubble, it was like, oh, is Jimmy Butler a top ten player in the league? Like we're back to that right now, where he, there are not ten guys across the NBA right now better than him. I don't think. I mean, he's I don't aver- know in front of me, but yeah, and he's averaging twenty eight points and fifty four percent shooting. Yeah, um, eight rebounds, six assists, and his advanced metrics. And he's not a big man. Like he's you know, no, he's a lot of mid range. Like a lot of tough twos. He, t- he takes a yeah. lot of tough twos. Um. 538, I know you know some people aren't into this stuff, but you look at all the metrics, he's been the best player in the playoffs so far. Raptor, he's number one. John Moran's two. Chris Paul, three. Giannis, four. Wins above replacement. Jimmy's number one. Um, Jimmy's number one. Jaws, two. Again, Chris Paul, three. Giannis, four. Um, so it, it's, I mean, the advanced metrics say it. The eyes tell us, like, he's been... I mean, people say he's been one of the best players. You could argue he's been the best player in the playoffs up until this point, point. Um, and that's really impressive for a guy. What? I'll take John Morant, but yeah. I mean, John's number two, and I mean, he's in that. I mean, it's, it's, it's right. So you see, yeah, John, I mean, it's, okay, it's, so you know, I mean, it's, you it's could pretty close. Yeah, it's close. Down. It's close. Um, uh, you can't say enough about Jimmy. Um, we talk about Bubble Jimmy a lot. Um, he's brought it back in this in the playoffs, and. He's elevated his game. It's impressive that he's consistent. I mean, he wasn't able to do that in Milwaukee last year. I was going to say, it's but, so funny that, like, yeah. 
last year he was an absolute disaster in the playoffs. Yeah. It's like it never happened. Right. It's like it was like just like a blip in the radar. A blip. Yeah. Like, doesn't, I, doesn't I, I, what ha- I mean, that's, that year was so weird, obviously. It was the COVID Yeah. Period. Guys were just tired and burned out. You missed a lot of time. And, yeah, you, you saw all the teams that were in the bubble, right, got knocked out in the – I think three of the four got knocked out in the first right. round, right, who were the conference well, finalists the year before. Like, But it's, it was so weird because he was just – Nowhere close to the same guy, and and it's, I mean, it's weird to like talk about like, uh, like manage like load management or whatever in the playoffs, but like you do wonder, you just like last year, you just knew they didn't have a shot, right? Like, even if everything went perfectly well, like they were not going to beat Brooklyn, they were not going to beat Milwaukee, um, probably weren't going to beat Phoenix or, or whoever came out of the West, um, but uh, you know. The way he is playing right now is like it was in the bubble because he he believed that team was the best team in the league and yeah. believes they should have won a championship that year and you can tell he feels the same way about this team. Yeah, and and to your argument about John Morant, John Morant is great, but this takes into account defense too. Right, right? that's true. Yeah, and, and Jimmy's been great. Jimmy's been great defensively. John, ja, you know, he's not a bad defender, but he's not, that's not his strength. Um, so yeah, I think you know. This is my feature will already be out, but I am going to write a Jimmy story um, as my advance for Game Six, um, kind of highlighting all these points. Um, he, the Heat gave him that extension, and you know people kind of like I did a double take when they gave him that money at this age. Um, but he's proving that he, you know, yeah, it might not be a great deal in four, three years, um, but what he's giving you right now. Um, he's a top ten player for sure. And yeah, I mean, he couldn't he be the that. next Chris Paul, right? When Chris Paul yeah. got that extension, everyone was like, "That's a terrible deal." And you know, Chris Paul is a better player than Jimmy Butler, right? He is Chris Paul is, you know, top five point guard of all time or whatever. And Jimmy Butler is a Hall of Famer, probably. I mean, definitely, I guess the way the NBA Hall of Fame yeah. works. But like, you know, they're they're different tiers of on that that all time hierarchy, obviously. But couldn't Jimmy? The same way that Chris Paul, like, you cannot measure his contributions based on his scoring and all that kind of stuff. And, and he, well, um, I actually turned that game off, so I don't know what's happening right now. But he's been obviously was, up and down. It was just an altercation. He's been up and down in these yeah. playoffs. Uh, but, you know, you just he's got to have you in the mix every year. And that is what Jimmy, you know, it's a long time left on that contract. Maybe maybe we're going to be terribly wrong here because his game's not going to age probably as like, you wouldn't look at him and think his game is going to age as well as Chris Paul's right. game has, but it's possible that he's yeah. just, the way that he control. I think the the, the the way you described him as controlling the game, that's the similarity he has with Chris Paul. That stuff really, really matters in the playoffs. It's what makes LeBron so good in the playoffs. Yeah. It's what um, Giannis learned in the playoffs last year. Yeah. When the game like, slows down, like... Can you, you need a guy you could give it to, right. to and the, and a guy who can slow the game down, right? Like yeah. it's the you know that is like you know that's what John Morant is going to have to learn to do. He's not going to be able to go a million miles per hour all the time because it gets chaotic and you turn the ball over. You know it's been the war. It's like the Warriors Achilles, the one Achilles heel they had during their great run was uh, they could get kind of erratic. Jimmy is going to slow it down. He's going to control the game, like you said, and he's going to be able to do that for the duration of that contract. Maybe he's not going to make those tough twos at the same rate, and he's not yeah. going to be as athletic, so he's not going to get to the rim as much, and his defense is going to slip. But he's always going to have that, like, 
everyone calm down. I got this. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that, and by I got this, I don't mean I'm going to take the shot. I mean I'm going to make, make the right play, and that is what he's always going to have. It reminds me a little bit of Dwayne Wade um, and the way his game aged, where he yeah. became more of a post player. Because like, Jimmy has that post post yeah. up game where he might not, he doesn't need that athleticism to, you know, drive in for dunks or get past the defender. Like he could set up in the post and score the fadeaway or the drop step or you know, like he, he's good. He's gotten a lot better there, and he's a good passer. He's Obviously, like shown an ability to hit threes now. It's <laughs> at a high level. I mean, what is he shooting from three now in this playoffs? He's shooting thirty-seven percent on threes. Is that the point where like four I mean, attempts a game? I like, think thirty-seven percent is like good, not incredible. Uh, four attempts a game for him. That's just the point that's where every time he takes one, I kind of assume it's going to go in. Because I'm like, why would he be shooting that if it wasn't going to go in? So in the bubble in the playoffs, he shot thirty-five percent on threes on two attempts a game. He's shooting 37% on four attempts a game this play this postseason. That's more than double the volume, and he's shooting three percentage points higher. That's I just don't even know how to explain that, but it is kind of inexplicable. We tried to explain it even last week or the week before, and I like I came away from that being like that was a terrible reason that I came up with. Yeah, I mean, I think like someone's pointing out that he's taking more set so- set shots now, which. Um, like yeah, I mean, the, the clearest reason the percentage goes way up is because his only threes in, in in the regular season are either he's, like, tired and doesn't want to, like, yeah. try to get to the rim on a possession or, uh, like, desperation, and obviously a lot of this is more in the flow. Uh, but there's another way that, like I said, when bubble Jimmy, playoff Jimmy is a different guy than regular season Jimmy. Like, that's, that's part of it, too. For whatever reason, it's part of it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's um... – Pretty incredible. Like I, I, I didn't obviously. I, I, Jimmy's a great player. I expect him to be the best player for this team in the playoffs. But what he's done so far has been, you know, either he's the best player in the playoffs or you can he's top five right now, right? As far as players uh, this postseason. So um, hats off to him. And he's, I still feel like he's still so overlooked. Um, even though he had that bubble run, and even though, you know, I feel like people respect his game a lot more now ever since he's joined the Heat because of what he's been able to do there, and he's had his best seasons of his career there. Um, but he's a top-ten player, and I think people forget that sometimes. Yeah, he's a top-ten player come playoff time, I think. Like, if you're doing a redraft, right, like if you're ranking yeah. the top ten based on, like, who do I want for the remainder of these playoffs, like, you know, you'd go Giannis, you'd go Tatum probably, probably go Steph, you'd go Morant. Probably go Chris Paul. Right. Um, you'd go. I'm, I'm probably forgetting some guys. Uh, only one guy is number one in the Raptor in five thirty eight. Only one. You go Luca probably. Although, yeah. like I said, I turned that game off, so I'm not sure if they're yeah. totally I, toast right now. But I like. Oh, I've seen six guys, and like, there's not another obvious one there. Like, no. Jimmy might be seven on that list. I actually misspoke. In in War, Jimmy's one, John Moran's two, Chris Paul's three, Giannis four. In Raptor, Jimmy's one, Luca's two, Jaws three, uh-huh. Chris Paul's four. So, Luca, Jimmy, Ja have been statistically the best players in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, some one of those guys, you, you kind of kind of splitting hairs, but um, bottom line is Jimmy's been elite <laughs> in the postseason. All right, Anthony, I know you wanted to talk about uh, DJ Khaled. Yeah, that's really the highlight of the game. I just yeah. really wanted to like get done talking about basketball so we could discuss that. Well, yeah, I saw him on uh, on Sunday in the uh, the paddock area at the um, at the Miami Grand Prix. 
Yeah, he. So I mean, he's he's, he's consistent at, at all the heat at all the heat games. At least for the last like few weeks, he's been at every one with his son. Yeah, he uh, was he just I didn't, actually didn't see. Was he just rocking a, a plain white tee? Was that the uh, the thing? His uniform? No, I think white. he was wearing something more colorful today. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah I don't know. But no, he, I saw him at the Miami Grand Prix. He walks out of like the built like the building that houses all the team offices or um or the F1 offices, and it was also where the media room was. Strolled out, like I'm sure they were nicer than this, but it was basically like he was wearing like and one black gym shorts and a white yeah. T-shirt. It was great. It was exactly everything I wanted to see from DJ Khaled. Um, posing for pictures with guy. He was like the one celebrity out there. He was like posing for pictures with people. Did him, you and, see what, him and him and the ringers, Kevin Clark, were the only two people I saw posing for pictures. Did you see what happened tonight with him and Spo? Did you see that moment? No, I didn't. I'm going to send you the link right now. Okay. So you could see the picture, but I will describe it to the listeners right now, even though they will probably have seen it uh, when they listen to this. But... He basically gets up, and it's like, a ball goes out of bounds, I think, and he gets up from his courtside oh, chair, yeah. <laughs> walks over, like he's going to check into a game, like, he walks over to the scorer's table, then faces the crowd and, like, like tries to pump up the crowd, like, by raising his hands up and, like, asking for noise, and then walks over to Spose, like, by DJ Khaled's seat, and goes behind him and just, like, gives him a quick shoulder rub, <laughs> and then just sits back down. It was the weirdest thing out of nowhere. Like, I don't know. I guess DJ uh, Drake did that with Nick Nurse a few years back, I guess during their run. Um, so he might have been just trying to recreate that moment. With yeah, Spoke. is it like the magic touch? You I don't need, know. Uh, you need a pop star to touch your coach and bless the, him. Uh, this, this, the crowd obviously loved it. Um, is Khaled a Heat guy? Like, is he, like, oh, he's a Heat guy through and through. He is? Yeah. He's not just like an NBA guy who just like... No. Okay. He's all about the Heat. All about the heat. Yeah, he's 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 a known Heat fan. Um and I, I just my only thought like takeaway from that was A, like what just happened, and B, if that was anybody else, they would have gotten kicked out of the game so fast. Right, it was like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was like that could have done that. What? There's like ten people on earth that could have done that. Yeah. Right. Like Khaled, so. Dwayne Wade, uh I don't even know who else, but so those are the, those are two of the ten. Yeah, it was uh, it was just so strange and unexpected, but um, viral moment. And um, Spoh was asked about it after the game and just kind of laughed it off and said, like, usually I don't really get involved in that, but it was <laughs> funny. Like I didn't expect it. I didn't I didn't realize what he was doing until it was too late. Um, and Max Drews, actually, I guess he was the one inbounding the ball. and like. Yeah, that's, I saw Khaled hand him the ball. Yeah, and Max like, laughed. It's like, you know, a lot of things have just been happening to me for me lately. Like, it's so cool. Like, he was just, like, like just honored to be part of the moment, which is kind of funny. Um, he's very much he's very much in that Duncan from, like, three years ago mode right now. You're just, like, enjoying everything that's happening yeah. to him right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it was, you know, just a very Miami moment uh, during the Heat playoff run. Uh, speaking of Duncan, let's let's finish up there because he yeah. uh, got in the game tonight. Um, in the what well, was at the end of the first yeah quarter five seconds left in the first quarter. Yeah, and they were like had a set play. Uh, I didn't get the ball there because there was a foul. But um, yeah, we saw him. Obviously, that was you know people the the fire Spo crowd was all over Spo on on Sunday. Uh, because Duncan was sitting on the bench when they were like one of 127 from three. Um, were you, well, let's start there. One, were you surprised we didn't see Duncan in game four? And I don't know, are we going to see 
more, like, I don't know, like just where, 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 where are we at on the Duncan situation? Um, you know, I've been on the Duncan train all year. I was, yeah, surprised. I was surprised we didn't see him in game four. I, 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 I'm, I was surprised he was even out of the rotation of this series, to be honest. Right, yeah, like, yeah. But even I was once like, it got to where the point it got, I was like, give it a shot. But Yeah, but I I do want to say this, because I try to, I've kind of stayed out of the conversation on Twitter. I, I find it really funny how quickly the narrative changes, um, because, like, all season, people have been calling for Duncan to be benched and like not. I know it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same and, thing. And, and like for forty-eight hours, like now he's the solution to like all of the Heat's problems. Like everybody wants him to play. Like why he's fire spell? Well, I get it. Like I get it. Like give it a shot. See what happens. Yeah. But it is very funny. It's just funny how quick. Like how funny. Like everyone just wants a guy who's not playing to play. Like it was Victor Oladipo. Yeah. The backup quarterback, quarterback thing. Right? Yeah. The most popular guy is the backup quarterback. Right. Right. And I and. I think Duncan probably should have played. I'm not saying he shouldn't have, but yeah, I would. I would have played. Yeah, I mean, just to see. I mean, you're not making threes. Like, just put him in there for a few minutes, see if it provides a spark. Yeah, Harden's cooking um, you anyway. Like, yeah. no matter who's on him. And, and I understand the reason they're play, not playing him is obviously defense. Yeah. Um And the, with the way Philly plays, like they would they would hunt out Duncan. Harden yeah, we said it at the very team. beginning of the series. It was, this was not a good matchup for him. Yeah, so I get it. I so get the it. Atlanta series, fine. Maybe whoever they play in the next round, he'll be back in or have a chance to play at least. This was not the series for him. Yeah, and, and yeah, maybe against Milwaukee and uh, and Boston, it's those defenses that really are great in the paint. You might need that extra space and yeah. have to play Duncan. But, um, you know, he played him tonight, 13 minutes, made one of three threes. Um, I. I think, especially with Kyle out, and you know, from what I heard, um, and this is not like shocking news, but I think the expectation is Kyle's going to miss at least the rest of the series. Um, so with him out, expected to be out, um, you know, we don't, we don't, we won't have an official word on that for a few days. Um, but I think Duncan will play; he'll get some minutes um, tonight. Max was hot; he yeah. made four threes for 19 points, so he played most of the minutes. But on a night Max is off, we could see maybe Duncan play 20 plus minutes in a game in this series. Um, so, yeah, I mean, good for Duncan. I, I know it's been tough on him. We actually, Ira Winderman from the Sun Sentinel and I spoke with him after practice in between games three and four. Um, you know, like, taking it like professional, but you could tell, like, it's not easy. Um, a, you want to play, and B, like, he just had a big contract, and that weighs on guys, whether they admit it or yeah. not. That weighs on guys, especially a guy like Duncan, who's been very vulnerable about his, you know, his – kind of imposter syndrome. I know he kind of hates that now, like that he gave that up because people always point to that and go back to that with him, but it's, it's kind of who he is, right? It, yeah, it's true. So um, you can tell it's weighing on him, but, you know, he's, I still think, and we've talked about this a lot, like he's going to have his moments. There's going to be, a, there's a, there's going to be a need for him at some point in, during this playoff run. Yeah. And he's going to have, have been, We had one of them in game, yeah. in first game of the entire playoffs. That's the crazy thing. Yeah. That yeah. He's, ever since then, I don't know if, I think he's made like two or three threes the entire playoffs since that game when he yeah, made like eight or nine in a game. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think he's going to play big minutes the rest of the series, but I think he will play, you know, however long the series goes, you know, whether it's only one game in game six or both games in game six and seven, especially with Kyle out kind of opening up some, some more minutes. Mm-hmm. Were you surprised? You know, Lowry really, like, especially in game four, like, yeah. kept going out of the game, going back to the locker room. Um, did, but didn't they say it was probable to return as he returned, as he, like, right as he stepped back on the court? Yeah. It was a weird, like, I don't know, like, I, were you surprised that 
he kept kind of gutting through that. Like, it, or, and is there? I'm sure they're they're not. They wouldn't say one way or the other, but like he re-aggravated in that game. Does it sound like? Yeah, it seems like he re-aggravated it. I mean, suppose asked today uh, if he made it worse. Uh, right. He said not exactly, but just you know, this is just that type of injury where you could you could tweak it again very quickly. Yeah. And that's what that's what Kyle did. Um, and it's weird because the Heat are so cautious with injuries. Right. Um, it's kind of surprising, yeah. You know, I'm not saying they rushed him back because who knows, maybe he was fine and just like it was a freak thing where he just tweaked it again. Um, he took two weeks off, you know, so it's not like he came back quickly. Um, but after this, I think they're going to be even more cautious this time because yeah. after, after what happened. So if he misses two weeks again or three weeks, I mean, he could miss most of the Eastern Conference Finals if that's the case. Um, so we'll see, you know, when he'll be able to come back. But Gabe Vincent might be the heat starting point guard here for the next few weeks. Yeah, it's probably been the most kind of under-discussed storyline of the playoffs right now because yeah. of well, because the Embiid injury, obviously, to start this series. Uh, the Middleton injury in the Milwaukee. Like, every one of these series has one, it feels like. Obviously, Ja in um, in the, the Memphis mm-hmm. uh, Golden State Series. I guess Dallas, uh, Phoenix, everyone's pretty much healthy, although obviously Booker, uh, at the start of the series, there was concern about his hamstring. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Lowry one, because he's, you know, not an all-star anymore, a little past his prime, and because of the, the Embiid thing, it's kind of overshadowed, and the fact that, it, you know, that he might survive it and get to the conference. I was going to say, yeah, the fact that he just keep winning, like they're 5-0 right. and without that's, him in the playoffs. That's a big part of it, yeah. yeah. Um, but when you're t- thinking about potentially, that is a, a massive injury yeah. if we get to the conference finals and sure. he'd have to play significant time without him, um, especially if they're going up against Boston. Although Boston's got some injuries too, so everyone's banged up. Obviously the Lowry one is, is big. Not as big as some other ones, but but kind of an underrated one I think right now as we're, we're talking about the greater landscape of the, the postseason picture. Yeah, I mean, he re-aggravated on Sunday. Um there's probably a better chance that the conference finals start on Tuesday, right. this upcoming Tuesday. It's either Sunday or Tuesday, but you know it looks like that Boston Bucks series is probably going to go seven. Yeah, um, or this so, one, or right, isn't it? If any of or the Phoenix three, or Dallas, yeah, yeah, that, any of the yeah. three go to seven, yeah. or even if he goes to seven, like it'll start right, Tuesday. So that seven, yeah. that that'll give him a week and two days. I mean, I don't know if that's enough. I guess we'll see. You know, for him to come back, um, but. I don't know. I just wouldn't be surprised if he has to miss time in the conference finals just because of him come, him missing two weeks and then re-aggravating again. Yeah. Re-aggravating again. Like, it's hard to, to imagine he's going to come back quicker this time. Yeah. All right. I think we can wrap things up there. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Check out his Jimmy Butler story. Check out all of his coverage of the Heat. He will be in Philly for game six as the Heat will try to move on to the conference finals for the second time in three years. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at dbwilson2. Uh, I will be, I guess Panthers game five will be done by then. I will be in uh, the nation's capital on Friday. Traveling? Six. I am nice. traveling for game six. Um, either going to be a must win for Florida or a chance for them to get to the second round of the playoffs for the first time since 1996, which is a long time. Wow. Um, other than that. Um, When's yeah. also going to win a first round series? 96, when they went to the Stanley Cup Finals. They have not won a playoff series Sorry, since they got to the, yeah. to the but, Stanley yeah. Cup Finals in 96. So uh, very different uh, last uh, 
three decades for them than we'd have had. <laughs> yeah. Things are a little uh, shaky there for the Panthers. Uh, I must I, say. That's, I mean, like, it's the, the same way that things felt like they just swung this weekend for the yeah. Heat. I mean, the Panthers, and it's it's funny because that that two one when you're down two one, if you're the the team that was the higher seed and you're down two one, this is the same is true in the NBA going into that um, going into that second road game, like the. It's full panic mode, but then if you win, it's like, all right, we're, we got hope. We're back. Of course, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. Like, if you lose, it's like, oh, my God, you're down 3-1. Right. Like, you've totally screwed this up. Um, but if you tie it up, it's like, all right, we're good. We got home. Home court. Advantage. We have yeah, home, home yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's – it changed in a matter of minutes. I'll say that. Yeah, <laughs> very, <laughs> very much. Um, so, yeah, you can, you can follow me for, for coverage there. Um I don't know. Just there's a lot of stuff going on in in Miami sports these days. The the Marlins keep losing by exactly one run. I think they're going to lose by more tonight. I haven't looked at that score in a little while. It's a crazy stat. Like their ninth inning ERA is like astronomical or something like that. That's what happens if you literally don't acquire any relief pitchers. Yeah, it's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> it's a problem they need to address. Kind of by design, but that's not a design you want to design. No, that's not a design you want. No. Um, All right, we're rambling now. Uh, Thanks, as always, for listening, and uh, we will talk to you guys next week.